This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Getting Along with In-Laws. We will be answering your listener questions, including one listener whose mom had an uncomfortable relationship with her ex and another who feels weird saying I love you to her in-laws. Then we're talking about what's in the news, a failed ad campaign to get Santa to promote a COVID vaccine, and a New Yorker writer gets fired after masturbating during a Zoom meeting. But first, Angela, what's been going on in your week? My God, it's been a crazy week over here. Um, So I found out that my dad is sick, which has been like the fear of this year, but also like many years leading up to this, because like my dad is not a very healthy person. Um, and like we waited to record this episode after like this has been a week of like roller coaster up and down, twists and turns, and like we're in a good place now. So I'm not like as emotional as I was if we had recorded like two days ago or one day ago. But um basically we found out that my dad has colon cancer. Um, which runs in my family. And he uh, had a big surgery yesterday to have a tumor removed. And he came out. And it went well, thank God. It, and it went well. Um, but he had, he was super high risk for the surgery. He had like a bunch of potential complications. And honestly, he is very lucky that uh, it went as well as it did, knock wood. Great news. So. Yeah, so now we are going to have to deal with, like, the journey of uh, what his treatment looks like, which we don't know yet, but uh, we're being optimistic and hopeful, and I feel like so many people I know, I mean, two of my best friends in the last year have had their dads uh, get cancer and go through the process, so, like, I know that so many people have cancer in their families and, like, have dealt with it intimately. It's just... It's my biggest fear. It runs in my family, too. Um, my parents have been going through health issues, which I'm not going to go into detail because they've asked me not to talk about it. Um, but it's nothing scares me more than, yeah, than, than cancer. I have had, yeah, a couple other friends whose parents have had cancer and it's just like, fuck man, are we at that age now where we're watching our parents get sick? And it's, it's like, it's truly awful and terrifying it's hard to watch my friends go through this my friends take care of their parents and I don't know I had like yeah it's just it's like scary and when you texted me I was just like oh my god like it's like my biggest fear and you were having to live through it and I just felt so sad for your whole family and I'm just so glad that they caught it early and that the surgery went well and hopefully hopefully it'll be like something that like yeah, it's like in his past that he'll have to like mention in doctor's appointments and and hopefully it's something that like we'll never have to come up again. It's yeah, like it's just like the worst scariest fear of any child. Something that's pretty incredible is like and his surgeon said to him like this can be and often is for a lot of people like a life altering moment where 
um, like my dad's entire lifestyle could change. And he actually, I mean, like, I don't want to have unrealistic expectations and be overly optimistic, but I'm really hoping that he could actually be living a much healthier life after this and be feeling better. It's crazy that it would take cancer for that to happen. But like he actually, um, because of COVID, we have not been able to go see my dad in the hospital. He can only have one visitor a day for only a couple of hours. So my mom goes, but Ian and I have been, uh, he luckily was on the ground floor on the window side. So we sneak into the back of the hospital and we go up to the window and uh, the windows don't open. So we just call him and we put it on speaker and it's been freezing. So we bundle up like we're going camping and we stand outside the window like street urchins. Uh, But it it works. It's been great. How uh, long is he in the hospital for? So as of today, he's been there for about a week and he probably has like five more days of recovery. That's a long time. Yes. And he hasn't been able to eat solid food since he's been there. And he also, my dad is a smoker, which is why I've always been so worried about his health. And he hasn't had a cigarette in like uh, a little over a week now. So oh, wow. Was, cold, cold turkey's tough. Oh, do they, cold turkey. Do they give him at least the patches or something? Cause... They offered the patch, uh, but he didn't want to take it, which we all agree with and support because we like had a blood clot thing or something. Yeah. Like I, we, I've had, we had a family member who like potentially had an aneurysm caused by the patch. Whoa. I know. And he has so much other stuff being put into his body right now. We were just like, he felt like he didn't need it, which is amazing. So he didn't take it. And, uh, so, but like he think about like being, I kept saying like, I've, cried from being hungry before (laughs) so like this is like hangry times a million like you're going through the most emotional thing of your life you're scared to death you're by yourself because you're not allowed to have visitors and you haven't eaten food in like a week and you're having nicotine withdrawals like it's amazing that he is not turning into the incredible hulk and just throwing (laughs) things and for like a pretty generally grumpy guy he's actually been in great spirits so we're all amazed um that's like me when i was on my ice chip liquid diet when I had my appendicitis. I mean, I lost a very quick 15, 20 pounds, like real, real quick. <laughs> and that's, he actually looks amazing. <laughs> it's like he's <laughs> in the, and like my, everybody keeps being like, you look so good. And I'm like, I let's be very careful here not to compliment someone on their weight no, loss it's when it's not up. for healthy reasons. Exactly. When I got out, people would be like, oh my God, you look amazing. I'd be like, thank you. I almost died. And then, yeah. And then say, I, I like, I'll never forget. Um, I mean, yeah, like I, I had a, my, my doula who was a friend, uh, she, she had like, you know, a much higher stage cancer than, uh, your dad caught it early. She did not catch hers early and she passed away recently. And, um, I'll never forget people coming into the yoga studio and complimenting her on how great she looked while she was, uh, had lost a lot of weight because of cancer and that, you know, I, I'm not going to compare my, like, I mean, yeah, my like infection to that. It's just like, you, you just have to be careful when you like compliment people and looking good. You don't know if it's always a positive yeah. thing. You don't know. I mean, God forbid you hope they're not sick and you hope they're like trying to be healthy, but like, let them bring it up. That would be my advice to anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, like like with your dad, it's like it's like thanks. I um 
I, I had cancer and I had surgery. And like, you know, right. you're not trying to make people feel bad, but like that's the fucking truth of what your dad will say when people compliment him whenever he goes back to work. And it's, and it's, um, yeah, just be careful when you comp- when you talk about people's weight in general, because that was, you know, I experienced that after I like almost died in the hospital from my infection and like got really skinny because I couldn't eat. And it's like, yeah, I was struggling to lose the baby weight, lost it real quick when I had a crazy infection. Um, my friend who, who recently passed away lost so much weight because she was dying. And yeah, you just need to be careful what you say to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I mean, the other takeaway I think is like he he was living not feeling well for a really long time. Like he had lots of stomach problems, which were probably related to what was happening. He also had a lot of trouble breathing from both like smoking and he had COPD, but he just hated going to doctors. And I have a little bit of this in me too, where like I think that for my dad, he didn't want the bad diagnosis. So he just was like, I'm not going to go to the doctor. And even though I know that there's probably something wrong, I'm just going to like be home. And I think he I think he kind of was like, if I'm going to die, I just want to drop dead one day at home and I don't want to die in a hospital. And like, I get it. But the lesson here is like if he had gone to the doctor, I mean, they caught it just in time. The surgeon said like it was literally like the mass that they took out of him was huge and it was like just about to spread and like it could have penetrated his colon wall whatever but like they caught it just in time but if he had gone sooner it would have been been even less serious especially and that's like a big thing with colon cancer in general like that's why they say like as you get older you should get checked just go to the doctor like you have go to the doctor you have a daughter yeah you go to yeah to go to the doctor like i mean i think nick has a little bit of that he like doesn't do his yearly checkups i know that like blood clots are a thing that run in his family and I'm just like, you just never know. Like, you're not like, you know, just go to the doctor. I've heard like horror stories of people in their like early 20s. You just never know. Just like do your yearly appointments. Give yourself peace of mind. Do the blood test. It doesn't matter what age you are. And especially, yeah, when you get older and shit runs in your family, just go to the doctor. Just go to the doctor. I mean, that's hard to say now. I know people are kind of trying to avoid offices and it's like harder to get appointments. It's a whole thing. But in general, it's like once a year, I'm sure you're going grocery shopping, you know, like go to your yearly doctor's appointment. You're going to like have to be in a doctor's office, wear the mask, wear gloves if you want. But it's like one hour of your time in an entire year to give yourself at least some peace of mind. You know, they're not like scanning your whole body, but hopefully they'll check, you know, the blood. I'm I'm not a doctor, but like just go go to the doctor. Tell them how you're feeling. And I'm so glad that they did catch it in time. And that, yeah, he's doing well from surgery. Like, thank God. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I I feel that way too. And if if anybody listening is uh, a, a God-fearing sort, I will take and appreciate any prayers. Yes. I unfortunately don't. <laughs> it's this weird thing where I'm like, I wish I did pray. I Because when you're in a position like this, I'm like, I do feel the urge to like, pray but I don't actually feel like anybody's listening but like I guess it's just like this human thing where like I'm like talking to someone even though I don't have any belief system I relate to that I find myself actually like looking up at the sky and saying thank you sometimes when like something good happens and like kind of like putting my hands together and kind of praying and I like look up at the sky even though I don't like actually have a firm belief system of 
some dude in the sky. I do believe in like some kind of cosmic energy and I'm think I'm like, you know, a bit spiritual and there's some kind of karma thing. I try not to think bad thoughts about people. And I don't know, I, I do find myself doing what is essentially prayer. And I, I find that it, um, like prayer doesn't have to be the like structured religious thing that we were taught growing up. It can kind of mean whatever you want. Like I had a friend recently going through, um, who like lost uh, a family member and I, you know, wanted to write like, you know, I didn't want to write like sending love or like, just like thinking about you. I like that just felt, it felt like not enough in a way. So I'm like, you know, yeah. like, I want to say like praying for your family and I don't mean like praying like I'm praying to God, but I, I am praying for her family in the sense that like I am thinking about her family and just like wishing that their hearts find like some kind of healing peace, you know, like it right. can, prayer can be a word that means whatever you want it to mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're like meditating on the idea yes, or of, the, the, of, yeah. her, of her family and, of and that's her, th- yeah, like with my dad, like right before he was going into surgery, I feel like I was like, I don't feel like I can ask, like, please let him be okay. Like, I don't feel like anybody's in control of that. But what I felt like I was like thinking about a lot was just like, please let him feel like how much everybody loves him and that like everything will be okay. Like, like just let him feel that he is loved and we are proud of him. And like, if this is it, like let him just feel those good things. So I don't know. I mean, I was just trying to put it into the universe and well, I know it's hard to talk about. So thank you for, for even yeah. talking about it, but I'm sure it's also kind of like know. whatever. It's probably the only thing. Yeah. It's kind of the big thing in my week this week. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for talking about it with me. Yeah. I'm sure. I feel like anytime we talk about these tough topics, someone out there like relates to this and a lot of our listeners have grown with us and as sad as it is, we are, yeah, a lot of people are you know having to like take care of their parents it's hard watching them get old and it's um yeah you don't wish it on anyone yeah but it, that's it's been amazing i mean there's lots i have lots of friends that have gone through it recently like you said so yeah, at least same. it's good same, having same. a support system yep same um all right on that note we got some we've got some not not really lighter fare but like um <laughs> lighter definitely lighter than cancer yes that's uh, for sure coming up we're gonna answer some of your questions in the mailbox but vi- first let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors we would like to thank our sponsor better help you guys if you're listeners of our show know that we are are big fans of therapy and just talking to a professional when it comes to you know, your, your problems. Like we give BFF and big sister advice on the show, but when it comes to like the real, real stuff in life, we both have our professional people and they've, they've really helped us. So what better help does is they will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And that can be kind of, it's never like a more important time right now, Angela, to be talking to a licensed professional therapist, but it's also seems like a tricky time because it, you know, a lot of people are not doing these in-person sessions, which I'm not, I've stopped doing in-person sessions. And so that's great because they have video or phone calls, right? That's right. And I think, yeah, like right now, 
because we can't go and see people in person. It's easy to feel really alone. Um, and what I really also like about uh, BetterHelp is that you can message your therapist anytime. Yeah, I wish I could do that. You know what? I was really stressed out yesterday dealing with something about like childcare stuff and I didn't really know how to handle the situation. And I like went back and forth and I was like, should I text my therapist and just be like, Hey, I know I don't normally like text you about problems, but like, what do you think I should do? And, and then I like, didn't do it. Cause I was like, Ugh, I don't want to not be appropriate. And then like have her judge me for it. Cause she already, but not that she would judge me, but you know what I mean? Um, then she'd be like, let's talk about working on your boundaries, your boundaries. Yeah, exactly. I just wish that it was like, okay to do. <laughs> and it, right. and it is with the better help counselors. Plus, you know, for me, I'm actually in the process of looking for a new therapist right now. And I always like contact a million people because I need to figure out who I vibe with the most. And what I like about BetterHelp is they'll, you talk to them and they assess your needs and then they match you with a therapist. Yeah. It's like working with an agency. That's what I did exactly for, for my new nanny. I wish I could do that for, yeah. I mean, I lucked out and have the best therapist ever, but, um, but that has not been the case in the past. Same. Um, if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash this is why join over 1 million people who have taken advantage of their, who've taken charge, taken advantage of this code, probably not a million people have, but, uh, over a million people have taken charge of their mental health and you should take advantage of our 10% off. Again, that's better help. H E L P dot com slash this is why. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Well, this week we are talking about speaking of parents, we're talking all about in laws. So we have some in law questions. Um, so, first up, we have a question from an anonymous listener, and they write I'm a female in my 20s, and I've only brought one guy home to my family my ex that I dated for three and a half years. At the time, he became close with my mom and they texted and talked on the phone regularly and would discuss specific issues within our relationship. Oh, no. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, I would kill Nick if he asked my mom about like, Laura's being a naggy bitch. Like I would, I would like, I would, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I'm not saying that that's like what he talked to her mom about, but like, and anything, I would be like, no. If if he was like, can you tell your daughter to please take out the trash? I'd be like, what? You can't talk to my. I can't even. There's nothing I would want, unless it was about how wonderful and perfect I am. <laughs> like, don't talk to my mom about anything involving us. Uh, and it gets kind of worse. So she says, I am a pretty private person about that kind of thing. Who isn't? So I would intentionally not share something with my mom and ask my ex to do the same, only to find out that my ex had told her and she had taken his side as a Wait, result. This is so fucked. This guy's this is a psychopath. Like, talk which, like, to like your bro friends. Don't go talk to, don't try to like pit your girlfriend's mom against her. This is so effed. Also, they both also, should have known that it wasn't going to end well because also, the one person involved yeah. whose opinion it mattered was going to be pissed off. And don't but. get me wrong. Like, even if I tell my parents the couple times I, like, talked to them about being in a fight with Nick, like, that's my choice, number one. Number two, like, yeah, probably have like more than half the time they would take his side and be like, Laura, you're being crazy. Like go home to your, go home to Nick. Yes. Like, but whatever, like, like I think p- your parents know how crazy you are. 
They know you how crazy you are more than anybody. You don't need like the the guy to also try to get them against you. Like your parents already like know, yeah. know your worst flaws. Okay. Anyway, this is nuts. Okay, keep going. It is. So she says, similarly, I saw messages that she, her mom, sent to him about things or feelings that I had told her in confidence. What? This is so toxic of a relationship. I want her to not, like, talk to her mom or this ex. This is crazy. I know. Uh, Yeah. So she says, I felt like both of them were violating my trust. Yeah. Yeah. And making me feel deeply uncomfortable and embarrassed. But they wouldn't stop even when I told them this. Wow. I think both of them. This is nuts. And like also applause for you to, you know, speaking up for yourself and explaining, you know, I feel uncomfortable. I'm embarrassed. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. I mean, yeah, that's the only thing you can do as far as the mom. As far as the boyfriend, I think she did the right thing because he's the ex. He's the ex. but so, yeah, she says, I felt like both of them were violating my trust and making me feel deeply uncomfortable and embarrassed, but they wouldn't stop. Okay. I read that part. <laughs> I think both of them acted inappropriately, yep. but I put additional blame on my mom yep. because I felt like this behavior was an extension of how overbearing she has always been as a parent. Yeah. Now, for the first time in a while, I have someone in my life that wants us to meet each other's families. I've been seeing him for a year, but I'm afraid to even tell my mom because of how she treated my last relationship. I think the boundaries I have are reasonable, but how do I introduce a guy to my family and maintain those boundaries without seeming crazy or like I don't want this guy to be close to my family? Okay. First of all, this is great that you're – you are so evolved. I don't know if you – Yeah. Um, you are, you're, you're emotionally you're, intelligent. You're just like aware of the situation. You're aware that your mom clearly is overbearing. You're aware of how toxic that situation was. It's funny. Cause I always talk about how like, I wish like Nick would just like call my parents and like, just like chat without, you know, yeah. like he's, he's so, like so nice and friendly whenever we're all together. Or if I call them up, he'll like maybe like, Oh, hi, you know, hi, how you doing? And like maybe chat with him for a little, but he would never call them on his own. Whereas I call his mom all the time. I'm sure we'll talk about this later. But in this situation, like I don't blame you for not even wanting to tell your mom you're dating a dude for a year after what happened. First of all, I would just be really upfront with this guy and just say, I had a really bad experience last time where like, I I want you to get close to my parents, but like my parents are a little crazy and I, and they're very overbearing and they try to get involved in my last relationships, which this has nothing to do with you. Make sure you make it very clear to your new boyfriend that this is not his fault. It's nothing that he's doing wrong. You have to say that this is all your mom really. And say like my mom just like doesn't respect boundaries. I'm genuinely nervous if I introduce you to her that she's gonna like get your number and start messaging you and talk about our relationship and I trust you and I know you would know that that's like totally inappropriate to do um but I just have to set really clear boundaries and I am so excited to meet your family I'm just a little more nervous and you know I just I'm gonna I hope it doesn't come across as like controlling but I just need you to like not talk to my mom very much you know (laughs) and then and then with the mom just like try to not get them to exchange contact information and uh and just like tell your mom like you are not allowed to message him like without me on the text you are not allowed to call like set rules be like you cannot message him unless it's a group text text you cannot call him unless like I call you and I'm there like 
you know, I just don't like how things went with my last relationship. And if you want to be, if you want me to like tell you anything and you want to build that trust again, like there's going to be clear boundaries and maybe like hang out, but just like go to a restaurant. So there's like a clear start and (laughs) start and end date, you know? Yeah. Outdoor dining and blah, 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 all that COVID stuff. But like have like a clear like start and end date. She can't like pull him, you know, if you go to like her house she could pull him aside to another room you just never know your mom sounds sneaky so that would be my advice so I was so excited to get this question on the show because I related to it a lot because my boy my like college boyfriend was really close with my mom and it got to a point where like I wasn't even that into the boyfriend anymore, but like I felt obligated to keep dating him because him and my mom are like buddies and it got, it wasn't as bad as this. I mean, this sounds really awful, but it did get to the point where him and my mom would kind of like team up on me and so dumb on the boyfriend's part because it's like, guess what? My mom is forever. You piss me off and you're done. So you pick the wrong team. Pick, you gotta be on my team, not her team. Um, so the way I handled it was, I mean, obviously that's not why I broke up with the boyfriend. There were other issues, but like I had to have a conversation with my mom after the breakup where I was like, uh, please. Cause like he would text her still and like ask for updates on me. And I was like, please yeah, no. tell him that I am uncomfortable with you guys continuing to speak. This is making me, like, never want to complain about wanting Nick to be closer (laughs) with my parents. Well, but here's the the thing. So when I started dating Ian, like, I do want whoever I date to have a relationship with my family, just not a weird one. So I didn't say anything to Ian. Like, to this day, I don't think Ian really knows the details of, like, all that stuff because I didn't want him to overthink every interaction with my mom. But I think my mom, because she saw how badly things went with the last relationship she actually um it took her a while to get comfortable around ian because she didn't she actually i mean like this mom i don't know how much she uh thinks that she did anything wrong like my mom actually like felt bad and so she was like pretty distant with ian it took a while for her to like warm up to him because she just like she wanted to make sure that he was sticking around and she didn't like meddle too much whatever so uh yeah, I mean I think that hopefully your mom because she cares about her relationship with you will do the same, but you have to communicate with her like you've done and like let her know that she has violated your boundaries. But I personally I don't know if you need to say anything to the boyfriend just yet cuz I don't know if you want him to overthink things. That's yeah. So I think you should kind of like warn him ahead of time, but yeah, or like listen to Aunt Angela and just like definitely talk to your mom. Definitely talk to your mom. Uh, all right. What else we got? Okay. Next, we have a question from our listener, Katie. Katie says, how do you respond when the in-law says, I love you, or I, um, says, I love you, or I love you to you very early in the relationship? Um, this is a funny question. Hmm, that's hard. <laughs> that's really awkward when it's really early. I assume you've said, I love you to the, to the boyfriend. At least. Hopefully. That would be really weird. Um, like, I would, I mean, 
you don't really want to do like the thanks, but like I would just be like, <laughs> love you too. Like, and just in your head, just think of it as like L U V, like love you too. Yes. And just don't make a big deal out about it. Like exactly. I, ha- I had a thing like this where, um, like, you know, Nick's from the Midwest and in the Midwest you call the in-laws like mom and dad. And for me, those words feel like very sacred. For some reason, I had no problem calling like grandma, grandma and like all of his aunts, like aunt, whatever. But like the mom and dad just feel really sacred. Maybe I'm just terrified of like my own parents, like mortality. And I just in my heart feel like you can never replace my mom. You can never replace my dad. And not that that, that's like the idea of it in the Midwest by any means. But for me, for whatever reason, I just never grew up like calling anybody else mom and dad. Like I didn't call my friends' parents that. I just, those words feel sacred. So that was always really awkward because they'd be like, you know, mom here, dad here. Or I would (laughs) would see like, you know, uh, Nick's like brother-in-law doing like the mom and dad thing. And I just like couldn't get the words out of my mouth. Like, but it made me feel better to like say like, I could say like mom and then like Nick's like last name, you know, and that felt less weird to, right. I just had to distinguish that it wasn't just like mom, like my mom or dad, like right. my dad. And honestly, like I would, my heart would kind of like die a little bit inside if Rilo ever called someone else mom, you know, like I'm yeah. his only mom. I don't know. Maybe it's like a California thing. I, nobody in California does this. So I can relate to this question about the, I love you of just like feeling like that's maybe a sacred phrase kind of how I felt like I can't really say the mom and dad thing I just I always grew up you call people by like their first names if you're comfortable and casual you know like you don't have to do the like you know Mrs. Smith or Mr. and Mrs. Smith once you get comfortable you can just use their first name and that was how you showed affection to like um someone's parents or a grown-up um so I can relate to the I love you thing feeling uncomfortable the way that like the Midwest mom and dad thing felt uncomfortable to, to me, but I found a way to make it my own where I can right. sit, do the mom and dad thing while just like adding their last name, like mom Smith, you know, mama Smith or yeah. dad, daddy Smith. But I, I most of the time just use their first names and I hope they never took offense to that because I love them dearly. And like, I really am like so close with his parents. It's more about like my own fear about my parents' mortality and like, and that is why I can't do the that's why I can't do it. It's like nothing. It's not a reflection on my closeness with them because I truly do love them so, so much. Um, but I wouldn't overthink that I love you thing. I'm sure you feel the same way I did, but just think of it as like a, it's can also be the way you say it. Like love you too, you know? Right. I I was going to say like, so for me, I've always been weird about, I love yous for whatever reason. Yeah. I I like get kind of I think maybe I overthink it too. Uh, so I think like a good way to ease into saying it is saying like, we love you or like, we love you guys. Something about like, not like something that I love you feels like too, too personal, too intimate. So like when you like lump yourself together with your partner, you're like, we love you. Then it, it's like, it's the way you say it. Like I say it like a lot to like my friends when I get off the phone, like even like friends, I'm maybe not my, I'm not like the cr- that are not in my like intimate five circle, but it, I'd be like, talk to you later. I love you. And it's like a love you thing is different than like, I love you. You know, I love you so right. much. It's, it's just different to me. And I do like love them as in like, I don't, I want all the best and don't want anything to hurt them, but just make it more casual in your head. So you don't have to overthink it. Exactly. It would be different if like you really hated them. <laughs> And then totally. it would be like, I am compromising my my beliefs by lying. But if you like like them and eventually one day you feel you will grow to love them, you could just be like, 
love, love you guys. You, love you too. Yeah. yeah. It's not a lie. Oh, or just honestly, if they say I love you, be like, you too. And you don't even have to say the yeah. love. That's like a cop out too. Be like, Back at you. <laughs> you too. You too. Yeah. Uh, if you want your listener questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Please be concise, a paragraph or less. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Next, we're diving into this week's topic. But first, let's thank our sponsors. <laughs> We'd like to thank our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles is 100% eucalyptus sheets, and they are softer, more breathable, and more sustainable than both cotton and bamboo. That is all great things. We got really comfy comforters and sheets delivered to us, and I know you are a big fan, as am I. I am a big fan of my Sheets and Giggles sheets. Um, I just slide right into them. They feel so silky and like they're just really comfortable. Um, So a little bit about them. Compared with cotton, the production of their eucalyptus fabric uses up to 96% less water and 30% less energy. So we love that. Sheets and Giggles uses zero pesticides or insecticides. So you're welcome, bees. Unlike most bedding brands, their packaging is also 100% plastic-free. So it's just overall like good for the environment, which we appreciate. Um, for every order, they plant a baby tree in the U.S. to help fight deforestation. They have an eternal return policy. So you try it for 100 days, try it for 100 million days, you can still return it. And they have their new product, which Laura mentioned, which is the Sheets and Giggles Comforter. And it's made from eucalyptus and recycled polyester from recycled water bottles. It's thermally bonded to hold up against normal living and has all the same benefits of their sheets. It's cuddly and cozy in the winter and cool and breezy in the summer and soft and smooth all year round and can confirm very soft and smooth. And you take a lot of pride in your bed because you've got like your fancy pillows and your, right? Well, you know, Ian has insomnia, so we have to make our bed like our special happy place to make it like an inviting, you know, I mean, he still doesn't sleep, but I'm sleeping like a baby. I feel great. It's got to be like a cloud. As this, I would say if you're trying to make it like a cloud, Sheets and Giggles is like the closest you're going to get to creating a comfy little nest for little Ian Pie. And then he might still have his little issues, but like you can't say it's the sheets. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's awake, but he's comfortable. (laughs) Go to sheetsandgiggles.com and use the promo code This Is Why for 10% off the best night of your life. That sheets. Oh, sorry, not sheets and giggles. I got to get this right, people. This is important. Sheets giggles. No and. No and. This is, I'm going to say this last part like five times. Sheets, and it's spelled funny. Like, it's like a little kind of pun, I guess. S. H E E T S Giggles G I G G L E S. Use promo code This Is Why for 10% off the best night of your life. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Features. Believe it or not, the holidays are almost here. It's been a strange few months, so why not give friends and family the gift that puts Jingle back in their step? Get it, Angela. I feel like that's that's something you'll appreciate. I, you know, I do. I love the holiday season and it the cornier the better for me. Jingle back in their step. That's because we're talking about socks. And I love their socks because they they don't slip. They've got like a little thing on the back that like kind of goes up so that 
not only did they not slip, but then it protects you from those epic blisters you get right on the back of your heel. Yes. That drives me truly nuts. I always say my feature socks are like my get stuff done socks. Like that's when when I'm like serious about something. I'm not putting on my like little frou-frou socks. I'm putting on my feature socks to like move stuff or run around. I mean, it's like perfect medium. I would say medium thickness. They really are comfy. Like they're they're kind of like a perfect sock. And yeah, I mean, it sounds really silly, but when your feet hurt and you're trying to get shit done – like it ruins your day. It ruins. It's true. It's like a bad stomach ache. Like if you have a stomach ache, like you're you're done. You have to deal with your stomach ache. If you have a blister in a party of your foot and you're trying to, I don't know, hang out at a party. We're not partying right now, but whatever. You know what I mean? Run, run errands. Just walk. Get outside. Breathe air. You're like your day is done. It's ruined. And so yeah. you truly do. It's it. It is important. You need to have good socks. Yes, and living through a pandemic, there's very little, very few things we can do for fun. My the highlight of my day every day is I go for my afternoon walk, and I got a blister the other day, and I had to cut my walk short. And then you were not like, okay. That's you were it. not wearing feature socks. Not having fun blister. today. Exactly. You, what were you? So, were you not wearing any socks? Were you doing like the sandal situation because it was a hot day? I wore like a pair of you know when you wear like old socks that are stretched out and they like fall down and. Angela, let me tell not you, good. nothing dumb. Nothing will make you feel better than throwing out old socks and underwear. I'm not even kidding. Like, it actually feels really good. You're like, at first you're like, oh, wasteful. And then you're like, oh, this is six years old. That's disgusting. You'll feel exactly. so good if you – and don't just buy a few pairs of socks. Literally throw out all of your old socks. You will not – you're not going to miss them. No one's nostalgic for socks. That is true. And it does feel amazing to put on a fresh pair of socks. You will feel a difference. So a little bit about features, a little more. We've already sung their praises quite a bit, but a little bit more. So elite runners around the world have loved features for years, but they're not just for runners anymore. Features has a huge range of socks tailored for cycling, running, planter, fasciitis. I got you back because my sister had this shit, planter fasciitis. Planter. Which I know is something anybody who has like a job where they stand a lot, I believe. Like I know like my friend that's a teacher has this. So if you're a I'm, teacher. No, I'm glad you can't even say it because it means you haven't had but it. But I can't say it. Apparently it's like I've heard quite of it, painful. but I don't know how to say it. Um, zone. I, unfortunately, my job, I sit all day on my big fat butt. So I don't have it. Um, zone specific compression for targeted support. No slipping, bunching, or sliding. They have animatronics anatomical design that conforms to left and right foot for a molded fit that prevents blisters. These are not your average pair of socks. And you can get 10% off your first pair of features just in time for the holidays. Use promo code THISISWHY at features.com for 10% off your first pair. Now, this is important because you got to spell it right. It's not like a feature. You're going to a movie. No, no, no. This is a great pun that Angela loves. F-E-E-T, feet, U-R-E-S.com. So F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. Features, but two E's, no A in there. Uh, promo code, this is why. This week's topic is getting along with in-laws. Um, so we've talked a lot about it already with our listener questions. I had posted on Instagram looking for those questions, and I did that while I was at my in-law's house. And I knew that uh, 
they follow me on Instagram and I didn't want them to think that it was about them. And sure enough, my future father-in-law came down and was like, is there something we should know? Oh, is everything okay? Oh my God. I would literally <laughs> fucking die. I would um, literally die. I like that he acknowledged it though, because I wouldn't have wanted him to have seen it and thought that, but not said anything. That would have been way more of a nightmare for me. So I was like, immediately like, oh my God, no, this is inspired by, we actually got that first question first. And I was like, oh, let's see if there's more. You're like, I was Everything's inspired fine. because I love you guys so much. Yeah. I wanted to, to see if like question. other people, like, is it weird? Is, do other people love their in-laws as much as I do? Is like that normal? Oh my God. Uh, that's so awkward. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I like that I had that kind of relationship with Stan and Sheila. We can joke about those things. We're, we're very chill. We follow, follow each other on Instagram. Uh, so, but, and we do get a lot of questions about this. Uh, like throughout the years, we've always gotten questions, like especially with the holidays coming up. People never oh, totally. know how to navigate this stuff. It's it's awkward. Um, I don't know. I also like, yeah, it is awkward. I, I, I'm. I think I'm like you. I like truly hit the jackpot with my in laws, and I love them so much. Like I said, I call them sometimes just to chat, even when Nick's not around. Um, I'll like ask them for advice and I really just love them. They were so warm to me when I first met them, but also I think it's how you like go into a relationship. So when I'm, I was so nervous, like meeting this guy, Nick's boy, you know, my, he was my boyfriend at the time. I was so nervous when I was going to meet his parents for the first time. Like I went into it just really wanting them to like me. And I think you, you know, I don't know. Some people nowadays are like, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. But like when I went to their house for the first time, you bring something like bring flowers, bring cookies. I brought like a platter that they could, you know, keep. I spent a lot of time like shopping for a cute one. And I, all, you know, when you're at somebody's house, like do the old fashioned thing. I don't give a shit if you're a girl or a guy like ask to like clear the dishes, like ask to do the dishes. If the if like the parents are cooking, like ask to chop vegetables, like, you know, I don't give a shit about like the domestic alliances of if you're the girl and you you want to do the domestic whatever you're the guy or the girl like just help out around the house when you're at their house and just do it like honestly I wish Nick did it a little more when he came to my house he kind of just like treats he's like kind of does the more like I'm the guest thing and I like a couple times I've been like can you like help like clear the dishes like he just like doesn't have it in him as much um but I um, I don't know. I probably could do it more now. I'm like, so, but, um, but, but, but do that. Like I, I was important to me that they like me and it still is. And they are just so warm and nice to me. So I, I don't know. I really don't have complaints. I've never fought with them about anything. I can't imagine fighting with them. Um, that would just be so weird and bizarre I don't know. They're just, they're like my friends and they're, I mean, they're more than friends. They really are. They welcome me into their family. And I don't know, I hit the jackpot, which is not the case for everybody. I have a lot of friends who do not get along with their spouse's parents and have a lot of issues with them, uh, being like too opinionated on the way they raise their children. Um, I have like, yeah, a friend in California, like that's a big issue. I have another friend who just like her husband has like a super shitty mom. And and then I have another friend whose mom just like hated the, hated the husband from the get-go. Like they didn't get along when they were dating. She didn't want him, you know, she didn't want her daughter marrying him. They got married. Like this happens, you know, like people have crazy parents and I definitely have like crazy like distant family members, you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, if that was my mom, shit would go just so bad. Like luckily my parents 
re- really respect boundaries and like, and like his parents respect boundaries. They ask about each other. Like our parents get along. Like, so I know that that is not always the case. So I definitely have like advice on how to get around when you happen to have like, you know, a crazy, there's four people usually. And sometimes there's like step parents that are involved too. So there can be a lot of like, uh, there can be a lot of personalities that might not always mix. And I really just think I got lucky with my parents getting along with Nick and Nick's parents and I being close because I just talking to my friends, that's not the norm. It's just not the norm. And I think like, even when you are lucky enough to really get along, like, and mesh together, like, you're still gonna butt heads, or not even butt heads, but like, think about like, I love my mom more than anything, but does she annoy me sometimes? Totally. Yes. So that's going to happen with anybody that you spend a lot of time with. Um, And that's totally normal. I think like you got to be really smart about how you approach those moments because I will yell at my mom. I will not yell at uh, my mother-in-law and like, you need to know your role. (laughs) That's a great point, Angela. Yeah. Like Nick loves my parents, but like, would he want to live with my parents? Probably <laughs> not. Like, you know what I mean? You have to, right. as long, it helps a lot if there's, ba- if boundaries are yes. are set. And then, and then, yeah, if something's annoying you, you just like really have to go within yourself and think like, is this a make or break thing? And my mom gave me like really good advice early on because she didn't always get along with my dad's parents, you know? And she said that it was always okay for my dad to complain about his parents but the second that she said something about them like he would defend them till the day he dies and I feel that same way too like if my family's annoying me I I can like vent about something but if Nick says anything about them I'm gonna be like shut the fuck up that's my family you know what I mean (laughs) right and like and and obviously vice versa yeah this goes for like more petty things like obviously there's a real issue if you have a really toxic in-law then you should talk about it speak up but like this is this is like, you know, nobody's perfect. Whatever. Like, Your mom asks an annoying question. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 But yeah. Like, or just I, like, I, oh, they, they're just like so stupid. Whatever. Like I can right. say whatever I want because I love my family unconditionally. But the second that somebody that's not in my immediate family says something like I will like, like you go into mama bear mode. <laughs> I go into mama bear mode for sure. And that's always stuck with me like vice versa, you know, like. If something is like annoying Nick, you know, he can say that, but like, it's not my place. It's really just, it's really my place to listen, you know? And like, are things going to get on my nerves? They do about like any, truly any person in the world. Like everyone in the world annoys me in about something like, you know what I mean? (laughs) You could just stop at everyone in the world annoys me. Period. Everyone in the world annoys (laughs) me. (laughs) Um, but like, like it doesn't matter. Like there's just I I I mean I hit the jackpot and I and they have just like opened and th- they're just so thoughtful. They like they love Angela. They ask about Angela. You know I I have like <laughs> yeah, I they do. are great. I can confirm. I've met them. I've hung out with them. Yeah, they like they came when they came to our book party. They like brought me a gift and Angela a gift. They're just very yeah. thoughtful people. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I I don't want to like just sit on the podcast bragging, but I I. <laughs> Uh, but I can relate to like having like other crazy family members, you know what I mean? But I do think like a good like a, a takeaway perhaps from this is like 
like my, I think that Ian, of all the people I have dated, his family is the most similar to mine. And I do think that that is part of why our relationship works. And like, obviously, every relationship is gonna, isn't going to be like that. But I do think that that's maybe something to look for in a part, like not to dismiss in a partner, like their totally. family dynamic, if it's compatible with yours, like that is. It might matter. It's important. You are, you kind of like, yeah, you like marry into the family unless they like hate their family for some reason. But, um, but but yeah, I don't know. I've seen it go so bad and like just truly like ruin relationships and ruin marriages when like they you don't get along with somebody's parents. So I would just go into any relationship really making an effort to get along with them. I just had a friend that got engaged recently and she told me that her now fiance's dad was just like nervous in the car one day and said like out of nowhere, like, so do you always keep your maintain your weight? And she's like, oh my God. And like, apparently he like denies that he ever said that, but she's like, we all heard it. Like he said it, he was just like nervous and that's what came to mind. So anyways, just that always just makes me laugh. And I'm like, like sometimes people just say crazy things, but like she loves that. She like thinks he's a great dude and she doesn't hold that against him. You know what I mean? Right. Even though that's an insane thing to say. Um, so, well, that's also like the more time you spend with people, the more comfortable you'll get and the less, you know, obviously the first few times you hang out, it's going to be weird and <laughs> maybe not that weird, but right. you're going to be straining, making small talk. I Keep- remember Ian's mom being like, like, I must have been very nervous because I remember her being like, we don't bite. Don't worry. We're not going to bite you. Oh, God. Like, yeah, oh yeah. my God. Which made me feel even worse because I was like, okay, you can tell that I'm freaking out. Yeah. Right? You know, people are comfortable when they like fight with each other in front of you and you're like oh we're at the stage where like oh you're so comfortable around me you'll 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 do that and that always that still like always makes me somewhat uncomfortable but um (laughs) not not necessarily with like Nick's parents but just with like anybody you know I'm just like yeah this is weird um but I would say my biggest advice if you really realize that you just on a personality chemistry level like aren't going to get along with your spouse or boyfriend's parents just in your head just like give yourself this mantra of I will be like kind and cordial and distant and like and just be very nice and friendly and like still help and all that stuff but just like really keep your boundary and and um just keep a careful distance keep things cordial yeah put your relationship first these are all uh tips from CNN gave some some tips uh yeah, there's there's this like horrifying. I don't even know if I want to read this like study because that's just so depressing. This like little whatever. Okay, I'll read. CNN like quoted this study. Apparently, it was published in the Journal of Family Relations. They followed 373 couples who were newlyweds back in 1986, and they asked men and women to rate how close they were to their in-laws. And apparently, when a man is closer to his wife's parents, the couples divorce decreases by 20%. But when a woman is very close with their husband's parents, the risk of divorce rises by 20%, which is really depressing for me because I'm much closer to Nick's parents than he really is with mine. And I'm like, does this mean we have a 20% more risk of divorce? There's no way. Here's what I think is interesting about this study. So it was people who got married in 1986 and then they polled them 26 years later. Yeah, they were married like like, my parents were married pretty much. Yeah, like generationally, I just think that like the culture is very different now. So like like, because the way they explained it in this study was like men feel like if their wife is close with their parents, they're like teaming up on him and like they're just trying to like 
like get something out of him or whatever. And I feel like that is a very dated way to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's different now. Maybe they need to do an updated study. I like that. I hope so. But we hope that's helpful. Thank you, everybody, for who wrote in questions. And on that note, we're going to chat about what we've been reading. All right, Angela, what have you been reading about recently? So the Wall Street Journal reported that... um, it says health agency halts coronavirus ad campaign leaving Santa Claus in the cold. So basically, uh, they were going to do this advertising campaign that featured all these Santa Claus performers promoting this like special vaccine that was supposed to come out before the holidays, which has now um, been called off because we're not going to have a vaccine by the holidays. But I just think it's so fascinating that they um, they offered the Santas that were going to perf- perform in this ad campaign. They offered them access to early vaccines. Um, this also this offer was extended to people who play Mrs. Claus and elves as well. This is so weird. Such bizarre 2020 news that like another example of a news story that if you heard it a year ago, you'd be like, what? Uh, But now it's just like, yeah, of course, uh, of course. So, uh, yeah, it says as part of the plan, a top Trump administration official wanted the Santa performers to promote the benefits of a COVID-19 vaccination and in exchange offered the Santa's early vaccine access ahead of the general public, according to audio recordings that um, they so the um, Department of Health and Human Services, they got in touch with Rick Irwin, who is the chairman of the Fraternal Order of Real Bearded Santas, which is a real group. And they had these phone conversations. And Rick, being the smart Santa that he was, he recorded them and then he released them to the press. And one of the funnier quotes from it uh, is let me see if what I can find it. What a smart Santa. Such a smart Santa. And they said that. Mr. Irwin said to uh, the representative, since you would be doing Santa a serious favor, Santa would definitely reciprocate. And then the guy from, uh, from what is it, from the Health and Human Services said, I'm in Santa if you're in. And now he says they were fibbing to Santa. So they're uh, on the naughty list. I know. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Just absolute insanity. Total. Yeah. Total insanity. So there won't be a vaccine by Christmas, it sounds like. No shocker there. No shocker there, even though... Uh, Ho- yeah. Hopefully eventually. Hopefully eventually once it's safe. That's all we want. Exactly. Um, want. What have you been reading about? So I've been reading about this Zoom dick incident that everyone's been chatting about. Um, I'm so fascinated by the Zoom dick incident. I hope it's okay for me to talk about I've written for the New Yorker and this is a New Yorker staff writer. <laughs> I'm not going to get in trouble, will I? Well, he is no longer a New Yorker staff writer, I believe. So Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's Jeffrey Tubin, who is like a really wonderful writer. This like insane thing happened. He was on this, according to Motherboard, he was... He was doing this video call with WNYC and New Yorker colleagues. And apparently people that were on the call said he had been masturbating. So supposedly at first he said he like got his penis out by accident. And he he, <laughs> he gave got a, his penis out by accident. He gave a quote saying, I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video call, which seems obvious. Like, I don't think he was 
Like you'd have to be crazy person to purposefully have your dick out. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to speculate here, but I'm reading the story and I'm like, you've got this zoom video call that you're doing. You're talking about politics. I think that's what they were speaking about. And which coincidentally like drives me the fuck up. Like they were doing like they were doing an election simulation, I think. Like cannot think of anything that makes me less horny. I don't know. You hear of like guys that go in the bathrooms at work and masturbate. I don't know. I, I guess like I just have a sex drive that I can like control and I get turned on at like specific times, but times I can control. I guess there's like some people that just like get turned on and they just like need to release and they just decide, you know what? I've got this little, I think they had like breakout rooms maybe on the call yeah. and they just think I've, I'm in this breakout room, whatever. I've got a little break. Let's just like real quick do this. But like, didn't even go to the bathroom, you know, like didn't even walk away from the computer. I don't so know. Bizarre. I can't, I can't like speculate why he did this when he did this. Clearly he had to have obviously thought he was not on zoom and must be humiliated. I hope, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Is it different being a woman that you just like this? I don't know. This just doesn't seem like this stuff happens with I mean, I women. Think, yeah. I, I saw, I, I saw a lot of people being like, I'm afraid to, and you mentioned something like this earlier. Like a lot of people were like, I, as a woman, like I'm afraid to even eat my lunch on a zoom call. And he had no problem. Just like, taking his dick out and masturbating right even like like i did if this- he thought that he wasn't seen like you would think like you'd just be so alert from being and it's not like he was just listening like he was speaking on the call he was involved in the whole I, simulation i had this like four hour in the middle of the night because i was doing it with international writers for the united nations it was like uh, a writing workshop and it was very long. I was very tired. I was hungry. and But I didn't want to be like chewing and eating granola while I was on the Zoom. And we did these little breakout calls and a couple times they would end early. And so you, even if I was like blacked out, I like whatever didn't want people seeing me like chewing my granola. So I would just go off the, you know, like yeah. step away from the computer or I would like go, right. go get some. I mean, I would have my tea nearby. That's not a problem. But I... I don't know. I didn't want people like seeing me like nobody wants to watch someone chew. So I was like, I don't want someone to see me chew. So I would just make sure my head was like not near my computer. Even if I thought it was off, I just had the granola like away from my computer. So I just can't really comprehend how this all went down. And it's also just such a like Zoom quarantine cliche at like the highest level. And like I when I've been on these big Zoom calls where it's like a whole company and what like like. I'm not even doing anything bad. I just want to make sure that my face isn't seen while like I'm kind of just like passively listening. And even then I will obsessively check my camera a million times to make sure it's off, even though I know it's off. So you would think like if you take your dick out, like you would double check, you would quadruple check to make sure your camera is off. I also just don't even believe that it's off. Like when I have like my Zoom even open, I just assume like there's a chance the video could be on. But didn't like Ian have his underwear on on a Zoom call? <laughs> so like he's that, not totally in the clear. And and like that those, was different. Those underwears though, like your dick can kind of peek out easily of those undies, right? Because they're not. No, he had pants on. He just didn't have a shirt on. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean. 
you are right. I would say people make it's stupid. Not, it's not stupid like he choices. Was, he wasn't erotically like rubbing his nipples, though. He was just sitting with no shirt on, which is slightly more forgivable. I agree. Possible HR violation. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But but yeah, it just uh, goes to show that like people get I don't know if lazy is the right word, like lazy when they're on like Zoom calls the entire day. They might think like, oh, I'll just I got a little break. I'll just do a little like, you know, release and just wait. Just wait, I guess. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I mean, maybe Jeffrey Tubin's schedule was just crazy that day. And that was the only time he could pencil it in. On that note, that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Keep sending us your questions. We get a lot of questions when we ask for a specific topic. Um, So that's always helpful. But also a lot of times your questions inspire the topics themselves. So whatever you're wondering about, just write in. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single. It still holds up in 2020. And my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales, they're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And we really, 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 though, encourage you to get them from your local indie bookstores. You can order it from The Strand. The Strand's been struggling, and it's one of my favorite bookstores, McNally's. I like to um, just please really do try. I know it might come like two days longer than Amazon and Amazon's so convenient. But if, but buy not just our books, like buy all your books from local indie bookstores. They're, they're going to be dead and they're the cute stores. They're the cute ones. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones that are fun to go and walk around in. You can't, well, I mean, they the Amazon really, does have their bookstores, they, but they're not fun. No, they're not fun. And they really are dying. I, I can't say this enough. Please, please, please. Do not buy your books from Amazon. I like yelled at Nick the other day. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? You realize that McNally's down the street will order you any book you want. Like it doesn't even matter if they have it or not. Like they will order it for you. You can pick it up at the store or they'll they'll send it to you. Just get it from them. Don't get it yeah. from Amazon. You know, I'm, I don't know. I'm guilty. I did buy like, I bought like one book for Rilo the other day on Amazon. Bad, bad Laura. <laughs> It's okay. We all, it happens to all of us. But yeah, I, uh, we've all become spoiled. We want like instant gratification, but order a book from a local bookstore and then maybe it'll take a while to get to you and you'll forget you ordered it and then it'll come and it'll be like a surprise. And they're getting quicker. They really are getting quicker. And they're getting quicker. They're getting so quick that they can get the books in like a day or two, maybe not a day, but like within the week. Within the week. Um, so yeah, order our book. Get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of our sponsors and the codes. You can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. We we could really use, I think, some uh, likes and subscriptions and comments and ratings on iTunes. That would really help us. So, And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>